this setup. They did it just for me. Except they forgot my flowers again. Well, good morning, all you beautiful sheep. You may not understand that greeting right now, but you will by the end of my message. All right, we have been in the book of John, and this morning we're in John 10. I have really, really enjoyed this series, haven't you? Yeah, it's been, it's been marvelous. John 10, wow, what a power-packed chapter. There's probably a year's worth of sermons in just this one chapter. But I don't have a year. I only have 30 minutes max. So it's my prayer that um, we make it through this enormous amount of sermons in just my 30 minutes. Okay? I'm going to give a brief nod to one or two or three of the many, many sermons ensconced in this patch, pat, passage. Sorry, um, I got to get the wrinkles out, you know. <laughs> if I mess up, then come back to second service and I'll be better. I'm going to concentrate the uh, majority of my message on the Good Shepherd. When I attended Bible college not too many years ago, the professor of my, read, my teaching and preaching class said to me, Shirley, you are neither a preacher nor a teacher. You're a storyteller. You're a storyteller. So my prayer is that the story I tell this morning will cause you to fall in love with the Good Shepherd. And in falling in love with him, that you'll feel secure in his love and you'll be able to live your life in this broken, chaotic, upside-down, crazy world, secure secure under the shepherding of the Good Shepherd. All right, we're going to be in John 10. So take out your Bible, your iPad, your phone, your watch, <laughs> whatever method you use to read scripture and turn to John 10. I'm going to be reading uh, verses 1 through 18 and I'm reading in the New American Standard Bible. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who does not enter the door, by the door, into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But the one who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep listen to his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts all his own sheep outside, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep will follow him because they know his voice. However, a stranger, they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus told them this figure of speech 
but they did not understand what the things which he was saying to them meant. So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All those who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they would have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters the flock. He flees because he is a hired hand and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, so that I may take it back. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it back. This commandment I received from my Father. This is a beautiful portion of scripture. Jesus is painting a masterful portrait of himself as the one for whom all of Israel has been waiting. The picture he is painting is one that should have been easily recognized by the listeners in that day and age. They were familiar with sheep and shepherds and sheepfolds. But for me, I live in the 21st century in the United States, not in New Zealand where there are 7.7 sheep per person. I don't even know a real live shepherd. So what exactly does John 10 mean to people in this age of technology and artificial intelligence? I had questions. To find answers to my questions, I started my research for this message by reading uh, three classic books by one of my favorite authors, Philip Keller. Those books are A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm, A Shepherd Looks at the Good Shepherd, A Shepherd Looks at the Lamb of God. Keller's three books were written in the late 70s, early 80s. If you haven't read them, or even if you have, I highly recommend that you read them for the first time or read them again. If anything I say this morning brings clarity to Jesus' words that he spoke in John 10, or if it sounds a little wise or profound, it probably originated with Philip Keller. While searching further for material that might give me insight 
for material that might get into sheep and shepherding. I came across a marvelous book by Margaret Feinberg titled Scouting the Divine. Only the first 71 pages are dedicated to the Good Shepherd, but this book is a jewel. I also read a lot of scripture in my research. Most of us are familiar with the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. There are three Psalms, 79, 95, and 100, that refer to God's people, that means you and me, as the sheep of his pasture. The sheep of his pasture. Good morning, all you lovely lambs. You get it now, huh? Then we have this beautiful promise in Isaiah 40, 11. Like a shepherd, he will tend his flock. In his care, he will gather the lambs and carry them in the fold of his robe. He will gently lead the nursing ewes. In the Old Testament, we read about Ezekiel, a priest called by God to be a prophet. He gave a harsh prophetic word against the leaders of Israel. In chapters 30, chapter 34 of Ezekiel, we find him calling the leaders the false prophets, the false shepherds of Israel the false shepherds of Israel. His statement, woe, shepherds of Israel. How many of you would not like to have woe put in front of your name? Woe, shepherds of Israel. And then those words are followed by 10 chilling verses calling out those who are not taking care of God's flock. Ah, but then in verse 11, Ezekiel speaks the word of the Lord, the true shepherd, and to me these words are breathtaking. Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and take care of them. Well, that's the backdrop of my message, and John chapter 9 sets the stage Uh, to which Jesus spoke to the crowd, the parables that we just read in John 10. There was division in that crowd. Those who thought that Jesus was a madman and a sinner, certainly not from God, because he healed on the Sabbath. And there were those who had witnessed that very healing as Jesus healed a blind man, and they were convinced that a sinner could not do these works. In this divisive crowd, Jesus speaks these words, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of sheep, the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. A sheepfold is a sheep pen. Its main purpose is to provide protection at night to keep the sheep safe from predators, be they wild animals or thieves and robbers. This is how Keller describes a sheepfold. 
It is not a barn, shed, or closed-in structure. Its walls, open to the sun, the sky, stars, rain, and wind, may be made of rough-laid stone, sun-dried bricks, or even tightly packed thorn brush. I learned that the sheepfold might have a gate or a door, or it might simply have an opening, and in that opening the shepherd would lay across it at night to guard the sheep, constantly attuned to what's going on with his sheep and providing protection for them. In larger sheepfolds, several shepherds would share the same compound for the night, and a gatekeeper would stand watch while the shepherds slept nearby. Here's a fascinating fact. There may be hundreds of sheep in that shared pen belonging to several shepherds, but in the morning, as the shepherds go to the sheepfold to call the sheep, even if all the shepherds are calling at the same time, the sheep know their shepherd's voice and will only follow the shepherd to whom they belong. They know their shepherd's voice because they spend every day listening to the sound of it. They'll not follow another voice. Jesus says that his sheep know his voice. If you don't know the sound of Jesus' voice, I suggest that you may not be spending enough time with him. In sheep countries, they use the term sheepfold as a term for managing sheep. The sheep are enfolded by a shepherd. This implies that they are under the special management and direct control continuously. Keller writes that the shepherd folds his flock exactly as he sees fit in order that they will flourish and prosper under his care. According to that statement then, when Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd, he is creating this image of a unique relationship between he and his sheep. That's you and me. We are the sheep of his pasture. And we are enfolded by a shepherd who will continuously take care of us so that we flourish and prosper under his care. If a thief tries to climb over the wall to snatch us away, Jesus tells us that he will be guarding us. He will be watching us. We can be confident we can be confident that our good shepherd is standing guard. Jesus tells us in verses 28 and 29, And I give eternal life to them, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. We sheep are the them 
Jesus is talking about in these verses. Remember the words I shared earlier in Isaiah 40:11. Like a shepherd, he will tend his flock. In his care, he will gather the lambs and carry them in the fold of his robe. I love the thought of being enfolded by the good shepherd. Don't you? Isn't that a comforting thought? Enfolded in the arms of the good shepherd. In verses 7 and 9, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he shall be saved and go in and out and find pasture. Most theologians agree that Jesus is referring to the fact that he is the only way, the door into eternal life. There is no other way. I believe this. Let me share um, my simple version of what this means to me. We defenseless sheep are standing outside the sheepfold. The good shepherd opens the door so that we can enter in and be safe and protected from eternal death. In the morning, he opens the door so that we can go out and find pasture, which is abundant life under the watchful shepherding of the Good Shepherd. He is our Savior, our protector, and our provider. Verses 11 and 14, Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd. This sheep is grateful to be under the care of the Good Shepherd. Why does God refer to his people as the sheep of his pasture? I once heard a sermon on this chapter of John, and the pastor said that the reason Jesus calls, his, calls us sheep is because sheep are dumb. And, and desperately need a shepherd. Well, I didn't find that message very uplifting. In fact, I actually resented being called dumb. I'm much more inclined to agree with the shepherdess in Margaret Feinberg's book, Sheep Are Not Dumb, she said. They may, that may be one of the greatest untruths about sheep. They are not dumb, they are defenseless, and there's a big difference. Keller writes that sheep are the most timid and helpless of all livestock. I'm not resistive to stepping into the role of being a timid, defenseless sheep. I'm aware that some of you may have stories uh, to back up the myth that sheep are dumb. But no need to counter my statement. I'm convinced that we sheep are not dumb. We're just defenseless. Even though sometimes uh, we are not always mindful of the consequences of our behavior, that doesn't make us dumb. Doesn't make us dumb. Remember the Good Shepherd leading us into the sheepfold at night to keep us protected, 
He leads us to safety because we sheep are unable to defend ourselves in the face of robbers, thieves, and other dangerous predators who only come to steal, kill, and destroy. As we learn from Ezekiel, there are bad shepherds. And they don't care about caring for the thought. Jesus is letting us know by referring to himself as the good shepherd that he will take care of his flock. Remember his words, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and take care of them. He will find you. And when he does, you have a choice to either step into his fold and trust his shepherding or you can follow one of the bad shepherds. Oh, but why would you walk away from a shepherd who promises to lay down his life for your highest good and to give you an abundant life and to lead you to life eternal? So before you decide to stay from, stray from the flock, and follow one of the bad shepherds. Let me share with you what it means to be in the care of the good shepherd. And may I remind you that you can't follow both? Besides being the door into eternal life, Jesus is the door into a new life, a new way of living. And just as woolly sheep are defenseless and need a shepherd, we sheep are also defenseless and need a shepherd. This new life is so much more than just following a shepherd around, waiting for him to take care of our needs. This new way of living involves an intimate, close relationship with the Good Shepherd, the Redeemer, the Christ, the Son of God, who has purchased us with his blood and made us his very own sheep. We belong to him. He didn't purchase us just so that he could own a large flock of sheep. He bought us because he loves us. He loves us. As Pastor Shannon declared to us last week, God is madly in love with each and every one of you. Keller writes this, Any sheep, if treated with kindness and affection, soon attaches itself to its new owner. Sheep are remarkably responsive to the attention and care given to them by a good shepherd. Here's a question for you to ask yourself. Am I responsive to the attention and care given to me by my good shepherd? Jesus tells us in verses 11 and 17 that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He lays his life on the line continuously, day by day, moment by moment, his every thought and action directed towards we sheep. He gave his whole self to us, holding nothing back. 
so that we can have an intimate relationship with him. I find that absolutely stunning so that we can have relationship with him. God isn't some ethereal being out there in the cosmos. And if my behavior is superior, my behavior is my effort to read my Bible and pray commendable, then hopefully he will be pleased with me and offer to help in my time of need. No, no, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He cares about my daily life. He cares about your daily life. The Bible is rich with the attributes of God. He provides, he leads, and guides. He redeems, he sets the captives free. He restores, he protects, he comforts, he counsels. He delivers, he forgives. He's merciful, he's kind. He's our safe place. He's love. He's near. He's here. Christ in me. Christ in you. When Jesus hung on the cross throughout all eternity, he saw all my sin. He saw all your sin, and it didn't face him. Do you think that it was the nails in his hand and feet that held him to the cross? No, it was love. It was love that held him to the cross. He willingly laid down his life and said, it is finished. It's done. He did it all. And his only request is that we say yes to him when he searches us out and finds us. Do you know that if a sheep falls in the gully, the poor defenseless creature can't rescue itself? A good shepherd isn't going to look down and chide the sheep for being in the gully. He will rescue it. He will rescue it. Sadly, some of us have this picture of Jesus. We've fallen in the gully, and he's waiting for us to climb out so he can continue relationship with us. That's so not true. Even if we have fallen in the gutter, our good shepherd kneels down beside us and says, come, take my hand, I'll help you up. Remember the woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8? Jesus wasn't one of the accusers surrounding her, taunting her, threatening her. No, he knelt down beside her. Scripture says that he wrote something in the dirt. I like to imagine that he wrote her name and then drew a heart around it because that's the good shepherd that I know. Those many years ago when I became the object of Jesus seeking and finding me, I was quite literally a mess. I had severe trust and abandonment issues and had developed copious coping mechanisms to keep me 
to designed to shield me from faith. From it's really embarrassing to be up here and your nose itches. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> oh my. Let me let me go back a ways. Okay. I had severe trust and abandonment issues and had developed copious coping mechanisms designed to shield me from pain. Not to mention the truckload of sin I had in my life. When Jesus found me, he picked me up and enfolded me in his loving arms. He poured love and healing into my brokenness and never even glanced at my truckload of sin until he had brought tremendous healing into a heart that had been badly broken by abandonment, abuse, and great loss. Because of the tender, loving way the Good Shepherd cared for me, I have never felt like just one of the flock. I have always felt like I am Jesus' pet lamb, and I will follow him anywhere. Here's the thing. You can be his pet lamb too if you will simply allow him to enfold you in his love and tender caring. Worship team, you can come forward now while I have some closing thoughts here. Now, here's a problem I have to mention. Some of us, we don't want to be a sheep. Being a sheep means trusting the Good Shepherd and letting go of trying to control our own life. We want to do things our way. In fact, some of us would rather be the shepherd. Look at any pastor's email inbox. So many emails telling them how they should uh, take care of the sheep that God has entrusted to them. You should do this. Why did you do that? It would really be more beneficial if you would do it this way. You need to, and on it goes, and all the while we're hanging out in the sheepfold trying to look like sheep. Oh, dear Lord, teach us how to be sheep. Help us to embrace the truth that truly, truly, you are the Good Shepherd. Teach us how to lie down in green pastures of plenty beside restful still waters, our souls secure in your perfect love quiet, unafraid, content, and at peace. Amen.